Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 12 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Sixth, God, having set an order in human society, does next provide for the life and safety of the person of man who must keep this order and make this society by forbidding in the sixth commandment whatsoever may take it away or impair it. Have I a care of mine own health in a sober use of meat, drink, labor, sleep, recreation, physic, or whatever else is apt to promote health and to prevent disease? Have I been, or am I meek, patient, long-suffering, easy to be appeased, apt to forgive, full of compassion, kind, merciful, showing all these in soft speeches, gentle answers, courteous behavior, requiting evil, with good, comforting the afflicted, relieving the needy, peacemaking, and by doing all other offices of love, which might tend to my neighbor's safety or comfort. Or have I not wished myself dead or neglected the means of my health? Have I not impaired it by surfeits, by excessive labor or sports? by fretting and over-grieving, or by any other means? And have I not had thoughts of doing myself harm? Have I not been angry unadvisedly, maliciously, and revengefully, showing surly gestures and behavior as sour looks, shaking the head or hand, gnashing the teeth, stamping mocking, railing, cursing, quarreling, smiting, hurting, or taking away the life of man anyway without God's allowance? Have I not been a sower of discord or some way or other been an occasion of the discomfort, if not the death, of others? Seventh, the seventh commandment concerns chastity, whereby God provides for a pure propagation and conservation of mankind, forbidding all bodily pollution under the name of adultery. Exodus twenty thirteen. Have I been modest, sober, shamefaced, possessing my body in chastity? shutting mine eyes and stopping mine ears and restraining my other senses from all objects and occasions of lust, bridling my tongue from lascivious speeches, forbearing all manner of obsceneness and wantonness, abstaining from self-pollution, fornication, or any other natural or unnatural defilement of my body,
either in deed or desire, and being married. Was I wise in my choice? And have I kept the marriage bed undefiled through a sanctified, sober, and seasonable use thereof? Or am I not guilty of manifold acts of uncleanness, at least of immodest looks, touches, and embraces, of wanton speeches, gestures, apparel, and behavior? Have I not run into the manifold occasions of adultery and uncleanness, as idleness, gluttony, drunkenness, choice of such meats, drinks, or any other things that provoke lust, effeminate dancing, frequenting wanton company, or of unseasonable conversing with the other sex alone? Eighth. The Eighth Commandment concerns the preservation of man's goods, the means of his comfortable maintenance in this life, forbidding all injuries and wrongs under the name of stealing. Have I a good title to the things which I possess as by lawful inheritance, gift, reward, contract, or any other way which God allows? Have I been industrious and faithful in my calling, frugal and provident? Have I done that for which I have received pay or maintenance from others, and have I given to every man his own, whether tribute, wages, debts, or any other dues? Or have I not got my living by an unlawful calling? Or have I impoverished myself and mine by idleness, luxurious and unnecessary expenses, by gaming, unadvised suretyship, or otherwise? Have I not withheld from myself or others through covetousness that which I should have expended? Have I not gotten or kept my neighbor's goods by fraud, oppression, falsehood, or by force, and made no restitution? Have I not some way or other impaired my neighbor's estate? Ninth. The ninth commandment concerns truth of speech. The great means of intercourse between man and man and of preserving the rights and redressing the disorders of human society, forbidding all falsehood of speech under the name of bearing false witness, Exodus twenty, fourteen. Have I, at all times, in all things, spoken the truth from my heart, giving testimony in public or private, by word or writing, of things concerning my own or neighbor's name, credit, life, chastity, goods, or in any matters of speech between me and others, whether in affirming, denying, with or without oath, or in any bare reports, promises, or in any other way? 
or am I not guilty of telling lies, jestingly, officiously, or perniciously? Have I not raised, spread, or received false reports of my neighbor? Have I not spoken falsely in buying and selling, also in commending by word or writing unworthy persons, dispraising the good in boasting of myself or flattering of others? Have I not given false evidence, used equivocations, or concealed the truth which I should have spoken or perverted it when I did speak it? Tenth. The Tenth Commandment concerns contentment with a man's own condition. The foundation of all order and justice amongst men, forbidding the contrary, namely, coveting that which is not his. Exodus twenty fifteen. Am I contented with mine own condition as with my place, which I hold in family, church, or commonwealth? with husband or wife, house or estate? Can I heartily rejoice in the prosperity of others, even when they are greater, happier, wiser, or better than myself? Or have I not been full of discontent with my condition, coveting after something or other which was my neighbor's, at least by actual concupiscence, in multitude of evil and envious thoughts arriving from the law of my member, members through my, though my will hath contradicted them. Rules for self-examination from the gospel of Christ. Besides the breaches of God's holy law, have I not been guilty of many sins peculiarly against the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, such as opposition to and hatred of Christ and his cause, being incensed against him and his method of salvation, or vilifying his gospel by word or writing. Isaiah 45, 25. Skepticism and gross infidelity from a disinclination to conviction and not impartially in the fear of God, weighing the evidences in proof of the heavenly message of our Lord and Savior, John five thirty nine. Unsound faith, not extended to all the revealed truths and duties of the gospel, either through culpable ignorance, strong prejudice, resolving to believe no further than I can comprehend, or may be consistent with the quiet of my conscience in an evil course. John three, nineteen to twenty one. Or has it been a mere notional and historical faith, however extended to all the doctrines, duties, promises, and threatenings of the gospel, yet not attended with heart impressions, humbling the soul, making me poor in spirit? at the feet of Christ, seeking the glory of God and the Redeemer, and my own salvation as my chief business, 
Galatians 6.15. Has it been such a faith that does not purify the heart? Acts 24.18. That worketh not by love. Galatians 5.6. That unites not the soul to Christ, so as to crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts. Galatians 5.24. That directs not the whole conversation by the will and example of our acknowledged Lord and Master. Not resting by faith in his promises in all seasons of adversity and prosperity. 1 John 2.6 That moderates not fear and hope concerning things present and temporal by looking to Jesus and things eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.13 Hebrews 12.12 That does not trust and rely upon Christ alone in the prescribed way for justification and salvation submitting unto the righteousness of God in him, Romans 10, 3 and 4. Impenitency, not being seriously affected with an humbling sense of the odious nature of sin, not searching out my offenses, but hiding and extenuating them, Romans 2, 3, 4. Not abasing myself for my sins, so many and aggravated against all the love of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the strivings of the Holy Spirit, Second Corinthians 6.2. No resolved and vigilant forsaking of sin and bringing forth fruits meet for repentance, Matthew 3.8. Despair of God's mercy in Christ Jesus, saying, There is no hope. Jeremiah 2.25 This concludes episode 12 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.